I smoked again last weekend and a couple months before that and then a couple months before that but prior to that I had quit I had quit I quit smoking or getting high in general I didn't do it for a year which was probably kind of one of the hardest things I've ever done it's not like I was heavily dependent on it but it's something that I enjoyed doing a lot so when I had to go into school senior year of college and see all my friends and hang out with them and you know all the friends I used to smoke with and they would offer it to me over and over and over again and I had to decline over and over and over again I felt like each decline became weaker um each decline became weaker first it was a firm no then I started to question it question my no but I'm gonna say it was a firm no for about eight months um and then towards the end of you know coming up to a year of not smoking it started to get harder and harder to decline I would eventually decline but it took me longer to say no my nose were weaker my nose were a question my nose were unsure finally caved not finally I don't no, I don't want to say finally because then it sounds like it was bound to happen at some point. But I finally caved. <laughs> and I just said finally again. Um, After I hit the year mark, I was like, whoop, I hit a year of not smoking. And then the idea of smoking again became fun to me. Now, I don't think the act of smoking weed itself is a sin I'm still questioning that I'm still thinking about that my whole premise of me quitting was not because I thought smoking was sinful and maybe it might be but I thought that needing it to become bolder or less anxious or um peaceful or to forget about my problems I found that sinful I think anything you use as a coping mechanism um, in replace of God is sinful and I'm not talking about therapy or medication no um, those are good coping mechanisms but I'm talking about I think the best way to cope with your problems is talking to the one who created you and reading your bible being in worship being with friends listening to music reading journaling those are all good coping mechanisms so yeah that's why I quit smoking because I was doing it more often than I'd like to, and I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, and there are some right reasons to smoking. You may be thinking, what are some right reasons? I don't know. Medically, some people are prescribed it for medicine. And that's... Um, I think that's excusable. <laughs> but I think doing it constantly... 
um, and always being high because you cannot deal with the world is is not good, basically. But we all know that. So why did I smoke again this summer and also this past weekend? Um, I'm not really sure. I think let me take you through the process this summer. It was around my birthday time. And I just, I'm not sure why or where the thought was planted, but I thought, hmm, I'd like to smoke again around my birthday. So I just did it. And it was not a crazy experience at all in the beginning. It was blissful. I actually forgot how it felt to be high. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is what it feels like. And then I really sat there and I enjoyed it. I was in a beautiful environment. I was in nature. It was gorgeous. The sun was shining. It was so beautiful. Seriously, one of the most beautiful days of my life. Um, And I sat there and I just soaked in all the nature and I took like two hits because I literally couldn't do it anymore because my tolerance was so low but honestly I'm glad I did I just took two because I think I would have really gone crazy if I did anything more than that but it was fun it was fun it was pleasant i'm not going to say it wasn't pleasant it was pleasant but i think maybe like an hour into it i realized the reason i stopped in the first place was because of the thoughts like your mind does not stop seriously i know people smoke to escape their problems And I used to as well and just like kind of be in a daze and forget about the world for a brief moment. But for some reason, that doesn't happen anymore. (laughs) What happens is I'm constantly thinking. It's like nonstop thoughts. And it's just bad thoughts. Like first, it's, oh, everything is so beautiful and fun and I'm a bit scared because my body feels weird and I feel weird but I am I'm okay you know and then it goes towards like just deep thoughts questioning your existence nature god not questioning god but I remember just thinking about the world and how we are in this little universe and there's an afterlife and you know all those big big questions if anyone has smoked before you kind of understand when you're high you just start to question everything even deeper than you normally do so those kinds of thoughts were coming up and then those died down and then it was just thoughts about me and it was just like oh my gosh I am so horrible I can't believe I smoked again after I said I was going to stop. I went a whole year. Why did I break my streak? I'm the worst person in the entire world. I'm a fraud. (laughs) 
I talk about God all the time and how I want to do right and live right. And I cannot even live by one sacrifice that I made. Um, And it was just everything other than that. It was just like then starting to think about how people perceive me and then social media and then like what am I doing with my life and am I doing enough and these are questions I normally have maybe like once a week or once every two weeks but it's like one question at a time you know what I mean but in that instance while I was high that summer it was like every single question and my mind would not stop. It was horrible. It was horrible. Um, luckily, I had my boyfriend next to me. And whenever I would say something negative that came into my mind, he was like a fly swatter. He's amazing. Bless him. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary. Um, I've also never been in a relationship for a year, so that was wild. But he's the best because I would have these crazy questions and negative self-talk and doubt. And I would say it out loud and he would like fight them. You know, have you, you know, the, the game like Fruit Ninja? Yeah, Fruit Ninja where like the fruit comes down on your screen and you have to slice it before it like gets down to the bottom so that's what was happening i would say all these negative thoughts that were coming in my head while i was high and he would be the ninja and he would just slice them like you know with his answers with all these questions and concerns his answers were perfect in that moment and Any negative thought, he would just, boom, cut it off before I even got a chance to sit on it. And he's the one that told me, he said, just tell me everything that's going on in your mind. I was like, babe, my mind is going crazy right now. I hate this. I don't want to be high anymore. I hate this. And he said, tell me everything that's in your mind. Say it out loud. So then I say one thing, cuts it off. He's like, no, that's not true. You're this and this and this and this. And I say, okay, next stop, boom, slices it. <laughs> and it was just going on for so long. And I, I was exhausted. Like, I was exhausted for myself, but I was exhausted for him as well. There's no reason I should be, in, I should be putting him in this state of, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's what boyfriends are for. But I hated it. Um... I quickly started to realize why I quit smoking in the first place. But also, I kind of got the realization that when we're sober-minded and we have thoughts that are questioning ourselves and our self-worth and our journey and our path, I normally just turn to God. You know, I read a Bible quotes or I listen to a sermon and then God's words and God himself is like my fruit ninja in that moment in my day-to-day life 
when I'm going about my day and I'm having these negative self-talks, God is my fruit ninja in that moment. And he just slices them with his word. So I kind of saw a glimpse of God in my boyfriend in that moment. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And it reminded me of how just good he is to us. He being Jesus. Um, because he kind, of, he kind of grounds us in a way. Um, and we have things that we think are true, but they're not true. So we have what we feel and what we think about ourselves versus the truth of the matter. And, you know, we always have to go to his word, which is the truth of the matter and not how we feel or what our mind is telling us. Because our mind can be a beautiful yet dangerous place. So, yeah, um, I kind of ended the day like whatever. But I think that day kind of opened the door to more. To me wanting to smoke even more. Even though I had a pleasant experience in the beginning and then towards the end it was not so pleasant. But we never really know, like, for example, here's what I'm about to say. You know when you get drunk? Um, I don't drink anymore. Or recently I've just been having, like, a glass of wine or, like, a glass of... I don't know. Yeah, wine or something when I go out to eat. But um, when I used to drink all the time, not all the time, but like, you know, drinking to go out, like partying in college, um, you get drunk, you enjoy it for a bit, and then you keep drinking more, and now you're just belligerently drunk. And it's not a good feeling. You're not in control of yourself. You're wobbling. You regret it so much. You desperately want to be sober. And then you go back in bed. You're you're spinning on your bed. You're laying on your bed and you're spinning around. <laughs> Literally, the whole room is spinning. Maybe you puke a little bit. And then you black out. You get up. You don't remember anything that happened. You say, I am never drinking again. That was so horrible. And then what do you do the next day? You drink again <laughs> because... That's your routine for going out. And then you say, I am never touching alcohol ever again. But you don't really mean it, you know? So even though I didn't have a good, that good of a time with my thoughts when I was high, it opened the door for me to want it more because, like, obviously our mistakes kind of look good when we're, like, looking back on it. I wouldn't say it was a mistake, but... Things like that, smoking, drinking, they look way funner than it is. I've never had sex, but I've heard that that's kind of how it is. Um, You have sex with somebody that maybe you didn't want to or your ex or something, and you regret it. Um, But then you go home, and then maybe a few weeks or days have passed, and you're lonely again, and you say, oh, the sex was so good. Let me hit him up again even though you know in the moment you were regretting it. So it's kind of like that. Um, 
in the moment I was regretting it, but then after I was like, oh, I kind of want to smoke again. And it was like, wait, where did, <laughs> what happened? You know, why do I want to smoke again? I was vehemently against it. I was so against it. So what's going on? You know, where is this coming from? And it's because I opened up the door to it again. So after that day, after the first day I smoked and broke my streak of not smoking, I smoked the next day and the day after that. And then I was like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. I don't know what happened here, but I need to stop immediately because this is a cycle that I broke for a year and I see it's coming back up again. So I didn't smoke and that was in August. And then I smoked again three days ago. Um, And I'm not even sure my thought process behind that. I was just with some new friends that I've met in the city. Um, And they had, one of them had just, well, yeah, one of them had just come back from like a weed store launching. So they were giving out like free blunts. And he was like, do you want to hit? I was like, sure. So I took it. Um, Yeah, that was that. That wasn't as bad because it was just one hit and it actually did not do anything other than make me feel a little like tingly. But I was like, okay, I'm not (laughs) going to take anymore because I don't want to. But um, I guess what I'm saying or the point of this is that contrary to popular belief, I am not perfect. (laughs) I know, I know. It's a shock. It's shocking. Like, Karen Adokora is not perfect, but she she seems so perfect. She is so beautiful and has the dream life and loves God dearly and goes to church every Sunday and just inspires me to be a better Christian. What do you mean she's not perfect? <gasps> that's how I felt, seriously. That's how I felt. That's how I feel. I'm like I cannot believe I'm not the perfect Christian I want to be. Um and I don't want to excuse anything. I don't want to excuse um <laughs> I, I don't think I owe anybody an apology I don't owe anybody an apology maybe just myself but I'm not trying to excuse this um in a way that I think it's okay because I don't think it's okay I stopped smoking for a reason um so I know I don't think it's okay um but I'm not perfect seriously and I think that we put other people on a pedestal when it comes to Christianity and what we aspire to be. And sometimes it makes us feel bad about ourselves So because, like, we are not as perfect as they seem in our walk with Christ. And I just wanted you to know that in case you've ever looked at me and thought, oh, my gosh, like, her walk with God is perfect... And I want to be like her because 
she just does no wrong and is just so holy all the time. I would like to break that news to you. I am not holy. Um, My walk with God is not perfect. I miss Sundays. Not accidentally, on purpose, because I want to sleep. I don't go to church sometimes. Um, Yeah, and purity, when it comes to my relationship, is not easy. It's hard. So it's a lot of things um, that go on behind the scenes that you don't know, because obviously these people are quote-unquote Christian influencers, we are not going to show you when we're out drinking with our friends. Like, I'm, I'm, I hope nobody, no Christian influencer is out drinking with their friends, but we're not going to show you when we are in compromising situations or environments because, duh, we don't want you to see that. Like, I'm not going to take an Instagram story of me with a blunt in my hand i won't do that but when i have something inspiring in a bible verse to tell you i will show you that because that's what i want you to see i don't want you to discredit anything i say when it comes to christianity or the bible from now on because i 100 percent solely believe it and i still that is truth to me and I'm working back to regain my um, my posture of, you know, holiness and being able to say no to things that seem enticing in the moment. Um, but I get a lot of DMs. I get so many DMs that kind of go along the lines of like, how are you so consistent in your walk with God? And how, you know, how do you come back when you fall? Um, and I normally don't know how to respond to that because I, I, I'm not consistent in my walk with God, you know? Like, I get so many DMs that are that question and I'm thinking... I don't even know how to respond. I'm not I'm fighting for my life literally. I'm fighting to be consistent. I'm fighting so hard, so hard to do the right thing. I'm fighting so hard to stick to, you know, my the things that I have committed to, the things that I sacrificed. I'm fighting so hard to live a righteous, holy life. And it's hard. It's so hard and if anybody is giving you the impression that they're living a righteous holy life a hundred percent of the time they are false seriously it's false i used to beat myself up because i smoked again i or i lied or i did something (laughs) with my boyfriend that's not pure i Literally, I would think that I'm the worst person, the worst Christian on earth. I am filthy and dirty, which is true. That's why Christ died for our sins. But it would be so much shame. And then I wouldn't go to church the next day because 
I feel like I'm not deserving to go to church. But that's what happens. Um, That cycle of shame is there to keep you away from God. And that even makes you fall more into sin. Because you think, oh, I did something bad. I now cannot even look at God in the face. But he's looking down on you and being like, hey, lift your head up. Because the more you look away from him, the more you will keep falling into the things you don't want to do, you know? So, yeah. Um, I went to church yesterday and the pastor said something good. I'm trying to find the verse. I don't know the verse. So if anyone knows the verse, let me know. I could open up my Bible, but I just like, actually, let me check on my iPad. But it is the verse about um, like not for, like forgetting what you look like in the mirror. Um, give me one second. Um, okay, okay. James 1, 23 to 27. I actually don't know. Okay, 23 actually. It says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth away and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Okay, let me read you a different translation so it doesn't sound as crazy. Okay. Anyone who looks, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and immediately goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Um, and that hit me so hard yesterday when I heard it in the sermon. I'm going to read it again because I was a bit like <laughs> guonky. James one twenty three. Anyone who listens to the word but does not obey what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And I clung onto this verse all day yesterday. It was ringing in my mind all day yesterday because I think when we fall into habits that we don't like or we don't want to do or against the version of righteousness we are aspiring for, I think we are like a man who looks at themselves in the mirror, walks away, forgets what they look like. That is such a strong metaphor. I don't know if you guys understand. Imagine standing in front of a mirror, right? Standing in front of a mirror, you're like, oh, I look good today. You walk away. You completely forget what you look like, actually. So now you don't. You have no idea what you look like or what you're being perceived, how you're being perceived by others because you just forgot but you just looked in the mirror you know and the word of god or when we come close to god in moments of like intimacy worship praying reading our bibles we are looking at a reflection of ourselves because we are trying to be a reflection of christ right and christ is in the word of god so when we are reading our bibles or listening to a sermon or at church We are getting a reflection of ourselves through God's word because we we are striving to be a reflection of him, right? 
But then when we walk out of the door, we walk out of the church doors, we, I walk out of my room, I go into the streets of New York City, and I meet up with a friend who just came back from a dispensary and has a free blunt. And I've told myself that smoking is not... Um, smoking is not the version of righteousness I am aspiring to be. Smoking does not involve... Smoking is not involved in that, in what holiness and righteousness looks like to me. Um, and it may look like that for other people, but that's not what it looks like to me. So, yeah, I I come face to face with the reflection of God and I go outside in the real world. I mean, this is the real world, but I go outside and I meet up with someone who just came back from a dispensary and they're like, hey, do you want to take a hit? I completely, in that moment, have forgotten what I look like, you know? What righteousness looks like to me, what holiness looks like to me. I completely have forgotten that when I say yes and I hit it. Like, in that moment, I don't know what I look like anymore. I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking like, you know? And that's for any time where we just put ourselves in compromising situations or in things that seem like they're a good idea in the moment, but we know it's not what our version of holiness looks like and it's not what we want to be doing. Um, In that moment, we've forgotten what we look like. We've forgotten the reflection of Christ we're supposed to be. And it's tough. We should not feel that way. We should not forget what we look like. Um, We should not only catch a glimpse of ourselves when we are in church on Sunday or during our quiet times in the morning and then walk away or go to work or go to school and forget what you look like and blending blending with the others. That's not how we're supposed to live, but I understand if you tell me that it's hard. I'm not going to say, no, it's not. I always remember that I look like Christ. I always remember that I'm supposed to be like Christ in front of others. No. (laughs) I often forget. Um, I I forget more than I'd like to. And, And the only way I will remember is if I keep, keep God's word in my ears. And that's why Um, in my ears and my mind and my heart. And that's why I think listening to music um, is important. Listening to the right kind of music, always being in the word um, and not just like five minutes in the morning and, and on Sundays and that's it, but like constantly. So I am making a vow to myself. I am trying to chase after the righteousness that I so long for. Um, And I think the steps to that, you know, the key to not forgetting what you look like after you've seen yourself in the mirror is to keep looking at yourself. You know what I mean? Because if it's so easy for us humans to forget what we look like, when we walk away from the metaphorical mirror, then that means we need to keep looking in the mirror. Like, never let your eyes 
stray away from the mirror. I think we need to constantly stare ourselves in the mirror. And this mirror is Christ. This mirror is God. Constantly looking at him because that's the reflection we want. And never looking away. You know, it's hard. It's hard. It's easier said than done. But I think that includes, like, constantly listening to music that glorifies him, watching things that glorify him, and not watching, like, the opposite. Um, Surrounding yourself with people that also are a reflection, a reflection of him, because then even if you look away from the mirror for a second, the next person around you is a reflection of Christ, and that's also looking into the mirror again. You cannot look at somebody who is not Christian at all, lives in the world, and, you know, see yourself in that person. You can't. And if you do, it's not going to be the version that you want, you know? So surrounding yourself with people who are aspiring after holiness as well. And this is hard for me because I'm in a new city and I'm trying to make friends. I I feel like I don't have the choice to be picky. <laughs> um, and I also feel like with the way or the industry I'm in, the city I'm in, what I'm, I feel like I'm called to do, I cannot really isolate myself to just Christians alone because then who's hearing the word, you know? So it's a bit tricky trying to not limit yourself to only hanging out with a certain type of people um, because you need people who will challenge you, will question you, will grow you, but then also not um, not looking at them for your reflection because they're not going to be the reflection that you want to be and not following them into whatever they're doing because it's not going to be the walk that you want to walk in life, um, if that makes sense. So... Yeah, I guess (laughs) Um, in conclusion, I smoked again. I got high again. I got high maybe five times again after quitting for a year. And I realized that, not realized because it's just something I keep realizing every day, but the fact that you can you cannot be perfect you can strive to do good in this world but you cannot be completely holy and if you can i applaud you if you're listening to this and you're like um i'm completely holy then that in itself is actually a ha- an act of unholiness because the bible says no one anyone who says they don't sin is a liar and a false prophet. Um, So yeah, it's hard. Chasing after holiness is so hard, guys. Especially with a boyfriend, let me tell you. (laughs) Even though he's amazing and great. And he's also chasing after holiness. But it's hard. Um, You're not alone. I know a lot of people message me and are saying that, yeah, what do you do when you fall into sin or you fall or you stumble or you kind of mess up on your walk with God, you are not alone completely, like 100%. I'm telling you, 
everyone falls everyone falls over and over and over again um and it's even hard for me to say that because i'm thinking like maybe there are people who are perfect and don't fall and maybe i want to be like that but i guarantee you anybody that you listen to for christian advice watch or follow aspire to be like they all fall we all fall like we all fall um and it's not something i don't think that's something that needs to be celebrated but i think it's a fact that needs to be accepted and acknowledged so that we don't feel so shameful and guilty um you know and alone and the only way we can keep trying or we can rise up again um is by continually looking to God even though you know you may look in the mirror and you may be ashamed because you've done something but keep looking into the mirror that is Christ keep looking into the reflection of Christ that you want to be through his word and everything um there's another verse that's coming to mind right now and it is um Proverbs 24 verse 16 The godly may trip seven times but they will get up again um but one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked Another version says though the righteous fall seven times they rise up again and that's just something to also keep in mind the key is to rise up again the key is to get up the key is to not lay down and think you're horrible and the worst and just literally the worst for making a mistake or going back on your word or promising you would never do something and then doing it um the key is to not lay there in guilt and shame and think that you are the worst person on earth um because sometimes it feels like that but in order in order to be seen as righteous or in order to be righteous you have to fall again you know i mean no not fall again you have to rise up again you have to rise up again again and again again do not lie there okay and you have to keep looking into the mirror um so that you don't forget what you look like when you go out into the world um because when we forget what we look like when we forget what we're supposed to be out in the world it's easy for us to blend in and do whatever anyone else is doing because we forget what we look like but then we look in the mirror and we say oh wow we are you know a glorious nation a priest we're sons and daughters and kings um and children of god when we forget what we look like when we forget our identity and our reflection then it's easy for us to blend in and that's not what we want to do so the way to keep the way i'm going to keep reminding myself of what i look like is to once again cut out anything that is secular such as music tv shows um podcasts or just you know things i i i kind of have a hard time with that as well because i find inspiration in everything and different types of music and books and 
people. So I I don't even know if that's even the way to do it. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the right way to do it, is cutting everything secular out of your life because we live in a secular world. So it's kind of impossible. But I say, I guess the real way would just be to read your Bible every day. <laughs> read your Bible every day, seriously. Do not just read it for one day or one morning or just on Sundays, but every day, every morning, every time you have a little break instead of scrolling on Instagram, just Bible app. Um, and having godly people around you and praying, but also forgiving yourself because you are forgiven. <laughs> okay, that is the end. Thank you so much for listening. I recorded this on my phone because if I think about setting up my podcast mic, I will procrastinate and not do it. I have work in two hours, so I got to go get ready. I love you, and I'll be talking to you again next week. Bye-bye.